What's up, everybody? It's Bethany and Lee here with the Women in Worship podcast. Welcome back. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the endeavor of team culture. Sounds official, right? <laughs> I get the opportunity to teach on team culture a lot, and Lee was so kind to let me sit down and us just talk back and forth about what it looks like to have healthy team culture, identifying maybe some spots where we can grow, and most of all, honestly, just continuing to push the mission of the gospel forward in all of our teams, whatever that looks like. So grab a cup of coffee or keep your eyes on the road and get ready. Here is the endeavor of team culture with Women in Worship. What I told Bethany I would like to do, and thankfully she agreed to it, is I want to ask her some questions. Uh, she has been places and been able to teach this and actually put some things together for our team that we are a part of. And the topic today is what, our culture, your yeah. team culture and why it's important. So we're just going to start off. And Bethany, I'm going to ask you questions. Thank you for accepting the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll let see. us pray. Let us pray. Let All us right. Pray. So, Bethany, uh, tell us why culture is important on a team. Is this going to be like? I feel like I'm trying to give my dissertation, and you're like asking me all these questions. And, and I kind of think it's funny. It's going to be. I, I kind of um, think it's funny. <laughs> I'm pretty pumped about it. it no, cultures. Um, I think culture's important part of your team because it really um it gives you that under the hood look oh yeah, yeah the yeah. way that your team really um operates and the respect value they have for one another honestly their time spent with the lord your team culture proves what your team values as important um and ultimately how they believe an organized group of believers should function mm -hmm. so if you say, no, that's not us because we don't always get it right. Or we don't, well, I mean, that's part of humanity, but if you're not pushing to try and exemplify as a group of believers, this is what believers operate and serve together, like, and mm -hmm. execute, you know, with each other in this manner, in a way that's healthy and reflects the body of Christ or reflects his vision for the church, then team culture might be kind of tough, but I think it's really important because if you spend the time to assess yourself and assess your team regularly, you can really kind of see uh, maybe some deficits or maybe just some things, honestly, you might want to pour into to give a little bit more um, umph, mm -hmm. if you will, uh, to build up your team. Yeah. I mean, the whole point is just to be able to, to have unity and just walk. Yeah. Like I, I think I said it on an earlier podcast, you walk in the same direction yeah. And, and that's very important. And you need to know the temperature of your team, you know, each right. team member where you're moving, you got to have the vision that you tell your team a lot. Yep. <laughs> well, our behavior demonstrates what we believe. Absolutely. Plain and simple. So if we can't demonstrate what we believe well amongst one another, how are we ever going to do that with other people? Mm -hmm. So this is why your culture and it being healthy is, is detrimental. Yeah. It'll make or break the team. Yeah. Cause you can have all of the greatest, um, plans in place, uh, to execute what you do well, puzzle pieces, moving all the things, but if looking under the hood, no one is spiritually healthy 
or there is not a lot of cohesiveness amongst one another, or you have pockets of people that live everywhere, then honestly, your culture might just need a little bit of a tune-up. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. Well, let me take this before I ask you the next question. Uh, You know, we're called to be, if you are in the, the, the leadership part of your team. And if you're not, this is just good to know anyway, because you might be one day, um, right. you know, we're called the shepherd. And so when I, when I think of team culture and how it might get out of whack, which I'm going to ask you here in just a minute, um, it is important that it's people over the process. Like it's people over the things that we do. Yeah. And I, and Bethany as well, have to reevaluate our own leadership and stewardship and pastoring of people. Yep. And our team will directly will show us how actually we're doing as the leader. Yeah. So moving moving into that, like maybe tie some shepherding into into what what we okay. So Bethany, um what are some signs of an unhealthy, you know, culture, team culture like what what should we be on the lookout for yeah well i think honestly kind of like what we were saying a little bit earlier you know like uh if you find pockets among your team that feel like division mm-hmm. rather than you know naturally depending on the size of your team uh you're going to have groups that form and that's not always an unhealthy thing sometimes it's just based on personality it's based on likes it's based on I mean think about it this way think about um when you've got guys that do nothing but surround themselves with gear all the time most of the gear guys are going to hang out with each other because that's what they talk about. That's what they love. Mm -hmm. It's not because we separate ourselves from them because we can't talk about gear, but we don't talk about gear because we're not passionate about it. So sometimes the groups aren't unhealthy. It's just by default because of the size of what you have, it's going to happen. The question is, is that when it comes down to the mission, is everybody on board willing to, to just like you said, to go in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And I think when you find people that, uh, when you start hearing phrases that, that sound like this, that's not my job. Uh, then that's when culture needs, uh, like a slamming on the brakes and a (laughs) reevaluation. That needs a tune up because the reality is, is that, um, the culture that we, are in has become very performance driven if we're thinking through not my job or our mentality is performance driven if we're thinking that's not my job Uh, because honestly it's the reevaluation jesus didn't come for your job he came to call you Mm -hmm. right he came to call you to be his own he came to call you um to to be to serve he came to call you to relationship with him to exemplify him, to carry the light with, you know, that he gives John one. I mean, Jesus called us for all of this, not a job. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at what you do, especially when you're working in a church culture as this is my job. And at this time, my job is over. And then I will not do anything anymore because my job is done. Then maybe part of that is a reevaluation. Some of it's health because you want to be careful you need a Sabbath, you need rest, you need, but when you're there and you're in the thick of it, 
I don't not change the batteries in my microphone because that's not my job. Mm-hmm. I change the batteries in my microphone because I really care. I know that guy has a ton on his plate to do other things. Mm-hmm. And if I can literally take the five seconds to change the batteries out of my own microphone, I might've taken something off his plate. He didn't, he might've forgotten about yeah. also might've just served him, even though that was his job. Mm-hmm. So like, it, it's, it's really just understanding that unhealthy team culture mm-hmm. can really start with an attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you hear the phrase, that's not my job, that's an attitude. Yeah. Like that's not, that's not somebody uh, just making a statement of fact that becomes an attitude. Unless there's always caveats, right? Unless there's like that person that's not doing their job and you're like pushing them. That's not my job. Like think, let's think through the conversation with some common sense. Um, But honestly, if we can strive towards like Jesus's example and his ways, then we can be sure that we're exemplifying personally a healthy team culture. Um, because just like you were saying in an earlier podcast episode, like culture, we say all the time in our place. And I specifically remember Brian Houston saying this to our staff, culture is not, um, taught it's caught. Right. And I know our pastor says it all the time. And our worship pastor says it all the time. Like it's within our bones Mm -hmm. at this point, but it's so true because you can change the temperature of any team just by your attitude. Does it stay that way? Sometimes no. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. But may it not be said of you or of us that it wasn't for lack of attempt. Right. You know? Well, well, two things we can, let's go back a little bit. And Bethany and I both have been in that place where we probably said it's not our job. A hundred percent. hundred percent. We're coming. Um, it is a, it is a decision and it is your choice, whether you say it's not my job, even if you feel that's not my job, your actions will counteract and go, you know what? I'm called to serve, serve yep. God first <laughs> guys. I yep. mean, I, well, I, I'm going to take it here for a second. We're standing before uh, the Lord one day, guys, you know, and I'm not standing with Bethany. I'm standing by myself and yep. giving an account for my life, which which is to me going, Oh, that's really weighty. I I want to be, I want to be pleasing to him. Whether you like the person on your team or not. Yep. You're still called to serve God, serve that person because you serve God. You know, the Bible says you work for the Lord. You work as unto the Lord is what it says. Yes. Um, So remember, remember who you're working for and that. Right. Exactly. No, sorry. I was just going to add to that. Like, And that will help you when you have disagreements Mm -hmm. or honestly, when you just know you're sitting next to a person that never sees anything the same way that you see it. That's not division and dissension and whatever. That's called humanity. And we're all wired different. And it can be healthy and it can be healthy. Yes. Yes. It's not a problem until your attitude becomes sour. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you're working for the greater good, like yeah. of, of where you're going, where the, vi- what the vision is and what God is saying. Like, yes, we all have to just, I saw a, a bumper sticker, which <laughs> I say a lot, suck it up, buttercup, <laughs> <laughs> just do it, just do it for the sake of peace. You know, the Bible talks about being a peacemaker, you know, like yep. you're, you're carrying peace with you and his name is Jesus. <laughs> yes. So yes. 
Um, okay, well, that was great. We could talk about that for days, but um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep us on track because I can get a little mouthy. <laughs> so, uh, Bethany, show what are some signs? I think we kind of hit on this a little bit, but maybe expound a little bit more mm -hmm. on uh, what what are some signs of a really healthy culture? Like, what are what are we going for? Like, if we have the team and you're like the A team, and what are we looking for in this team? What are you looking for in your people? How are you helping your people get there? But like when they get there, what is that? What does that look like? Yeah, I think healthy culture looks like people that know the vision mm -hmm. and that are empowered to execute that vision. I think uh, those people are secure in who they are in Christ. And that in turn bleeds into their call um, because as you, as if you're on a team for any length of time, what you have to be careful of is validation from people or your leadership or whatever. But I think healthy culture says that whether my leader sees what I do or not, and whether they validate it or not, it doesn't discount that I am executing the mission that's set before me first by God and then by the mission of my local church. Sure. So I think those are like key. Are we healthy? Can I look at everybody on my team and see something out of that within them? And if that answer is yes, then rock and roll because everyone's going to execute things differently. I think we mistake healthy team culture with uniformity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the yeah. only thing uniform out of it should be we're all working towards the same mission. And so some for us as believers, obviously that is, you know, to know Christ, to exemplify him in our lives, to live in that, and then to tell everybody so that they can come, right? Matthew 28. But in your local church, your local church may have a separate, not a separate, but a, a, a vision that they have for their house. Our local church is uh, very evangelistic. Mm -hmm. We're very generous. We're very, um, we have a heart to serve other churches by helping them become organized within themselves so that they can execute well. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's kind of our vision. So we know even as a worship staff, like when we're running, these are the lenses we're always looking through mm -hmm. because that's the mission of our local church. And we know that, you know, under the banner of Christ. And so maybe yours is very prophetic and maybe your local church is very um, study centric or it's very, um, theologically, uh, you know, we kind of place those things above to educate and to learn and to edify in this way. And so maybe those are your parameters that you're looking through. I think um, to be able to, to know and to run and identify team health is to be very careful to know that it's not always going to look uniform. Everybody's going to do it differently because they're equipped differently, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's always that unified mission. And as a leader, if you're the leader, it is everybody's got to know the vision and the mission. And Don't if you're my not thunder. I was about to say something about that. I think you to <laughs> okay, you go. You go. Okay. Like, I'm the interviewer on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you, sorry. You are answering the question. I get so passionate I about know you do. This and I, so important. I 
think it's amazing. Okay. Well, you just <laughs> mentioned the leader. And I was like, no, she's going into the place. I need her to stop. No, so you said something uh, that really struck me because we've even had conversations about this where we are. And um, I think it's really important because if you're a secure leader, you're going to lead well, right? And you're going to lead out of, of servanthood. You're not, you're not competing in your leadership. You are, I love how uh, Tara Bank, she's one of our great friends. Y'all need to check her out. Uh, yes. but she's, she's at Seacoast Church in um, South Carolina, but she talks about doing ministry open-handed. Like, and I know it doesn't really pertain to this as much as just, hey, God, whatever you want, we're here. But as a, as a, a leader, you can lead open-handed. Yeah. And, and be, so you said something about knows how to run with the vision. Now, as a secure leader, as a leader, you have to show your team, in my experience, that you trust them to mm -hmm. carry that. Yeah. So with, with that being said, you have to be, you have to be a secure leader that knows hey, this is not some kind of infringement on my territory. Mm -hmm. So speak to that. So a secure leader, you were about to say it and I was like, stop, no, I probably shouldn't <laughs> say it. I'm sorry, guys. No. no, an example of it. I'll give you an example of that. Um, I have traveled with the same team on the road for years to the point where these guys are my brothers. And there was a point in... Um, in what we did that I was getting so burned out and I was getting very tired because people aren't always who they say they're going to be when you minister with new people all the time. Yeah. So it was a lot of, I always felt like I was just by myself and a couple of my guys had expressed, no, like we're in this with you. We want to do this. So we sat down, we went even as far as like to sit down with someone that does that, like a systems -y type kind of guy he reorganized our whole infrastructure and gave them a, a large bulk of what was burning me out. Mm -hmm. um, and they were wonderful to take it because they're just great hearted people and wanted to, they, they meant what they had said. It took me months to let them do it the way they needed to do it. And I, as big sister slash I've always done this in the beginning was coming around going, uh, are, did you call them? Have you done this? Yeah. Did you send them this? Have you done it like that? Well, why did you do it like that? Well, there was an easier way. There was a better way. It wasn't easier, better. It was my way. Mm -hmm. Like oh. I really had to, one of them finally, uh, sat down with me. They, well, here, I'll tell you this. They took me to nukes for lunch. <laughs> And bought my lunch, which is always better over food. <laughs> when, when they ask you to go to lunch, question everything. And, um, they just looked at it and were like, you got to let us, we appreciate it. You've really got to let us do what you asked us to do because you're making it miserable. <laughs> uh -oh. So all of that, and they were much kind, they were, they were so kind and it was a great conversation, but as a leader, I needed to know those things so that I could lead better. And I, I, I say all of that to say that, um, our, our culture, a lot of times as leaders is we've, we've got to allow people to lead the way, um, 
the way that God's designed them to within the context and parameters of what we do. Right. So how that plays out for us in that moment was the guys needed to know that I trusted them with the roles that they were given and the responsibilities that they had. What they didn't need was me fact checking them every five seconds, which is what I was doing. And as a leader, I ended up like, I needed to know some of that. So we created the space and time for it. Every Tuesday at three, we're going to hop on a call really fast and we just need to make sure. Or, hey, we actually just opened a giant um, shared note. And every time you did what needed to be done, you just check marked off your stuff. So we, we, we made our own system within to make it work. But I say that to say healthy culture, a lot of times for a leader to make sure that uh, we are leading well is also um, allowing the people around us to lead in the way that that they're wired and designed so that they don't feel confined, uh, especially when it's a lot of creatives. You don't want everybody to feel confined, restricted, um, judged, micromanaged. These are all words for creative that equal death. (laughs) Mm, Especially the micromanager, like, "Mm mm-mm. Yeah. And if, and it's not even, I think a lot of times it's well and good because I think our leadership, a lot of times wants us to do well. I wanted them to do well. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted them to do what they were doing better than I did. But I, in the beginning was computing it in a way that the only way it's going to be good is if they do it this way. Yeah. And they created a much better framework for our whole entity to exist that still exists 10 years later. So I say that to say, as we're leading to make sure that we're allowing people, like you were saying, like Tara says, open-handed, but open-handed sometimes too says, I'm going to recognize the gifts that are inside of you that you might not recognize. And I want you to begin to pull those out and lead there because that's part of our culture that we really need. Yeah. So for, for me personally, a lot of times that comes out as I'm a, I'm a pusher and I'm not afraid to say what everybody else won't say. Hmm. I don't know why the Lord allowed that to happen, but it's, it's a two in one package with me. You either love it or you hate it. It's been my entire existence, my whole life within the church, within family, within whatever. But I know that the more that I pray and ask the Lord to help me, uh, be myself in a pusher and a sayer, uh, within our context and what I know is expected of me in the mission to move the mission forward. So it's fruitful. Um, then how I'm wired is, is just exactly how God wanted it to be, exactly. you know, and that creates great culture because we need everyone's variety of different ways that they lead. Sorry, that was a long road. To- no, no, it's, it's great. It is so true because you know, I don't, I don't do things the way Bethany does things in our, the way we organize or the way we carry out things, you know, we're, we're two very, we're great friends, but we do things very differently. And so we have to give mm-hmm. each other, even on the friendship side, we have to give each other space to run in the lane, you know, cause if you try to tell me, uh, do it this way and it uses more energy on my end, yeah. I'll be like, no, I don't think so. Like, yeah, that's going to take me days, but if you let me do it this way, it'll be done in an hour. <laughs> yes. Yes. So it's kind of like either, uh, you're a spreadsheet person or a, a, what is it? A document, a document person. And you can't be yeah. an Apple leader and look, the Apple Android, the whole conversation. Like if you don't <laughs> listen, don't be an Apple leader and not love on your Android people. <laughs> 
I, mean, I think it's, it's too, it's, it's super important to just remember that we're all part of our team. Part of the beauty of culture is that things are different. Yeah. I mean, think about the cultures that God created amongst the earth. Yeah. Um, we are the ones that say they are separate. God never created us to be a separate entity. Yeah. So obviously he wanted us to dwell in a unified manner in an individualistic way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Absolutely. I have to think about what I just said, but that but felt right. It felt, it felt good. I'm just kidding. Don't go by feelings, people. It was good. Go by truth. It was fine. Hey, uh, was fine. just truth. a couple more, just a couple more questions I have for you that, um, how do you change culture if you're not the leader? Ooh. First thing I would say is you buy the book, how to lead when you're not in charge. Oh yeah. <laughs> By Clay Scroggins. Yeah. Uh, it's an incredible book. Clay's over, I see at North Point or Passion City. He's an Atlanta guy. He's somewhere. Originally from Tuscaloosa. Shout out Roll Tide. Um, but Clay's incredible. And that book is incredible. Um, our worship pastor always recommends the book leading from the second chair. Mm-hmm. It's a great book, uh, to, to really dive into how can you lead better when you're not, you know, calling the final shot everywhere. I think, um, how you, how you lead when you're not in charge first is you're honoring your leadership. Mm-hmm. Like, you're honoring the people that the Lord has placed above you and that you are there not just to serve, but to serve with, to move a mission forward. Um, I think you lead in that way. I think you lead by um, executing and completing things that are given to you in a timely fashion. Um, I think you just do what's asked of you. Yeah, and yeah. you don't wait. It's kind of like, uh, I was raised where when my dad called, I put everything down mm-hmm. and ran not because I was afraid of him, but I knew that was the expectation from him. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think part of that is when our leadership asks us to do something, we're not placing down our family and our time with God and our, you know, obviously we do this in a healthy manner, but we, you know, yesterday, Lee and I walked into a meeting, we were doing something else. And Somebody said, Hey, I need you, you guys come in here. Well, our leader had a question and said, you know what? I want to hear different ideas. What's everybody got? Like you, we put everything down. We walked in and we went to serve because that's, that's what we were being asked to do. And I think we've got to be good stewards of that. If we want to have any kind of leadership, um, to begin with. A great, for me, a good example, we were on, again, a lot of my examples are road stuff, but Um, we went to this church, we had driven 10 hours. We had done all the, it was a Sunday morning services. We took over everything. It's a very large place. Um, they had a missionary come in before us who was supposed to have eight minutes and they took like 28 minutes Well, that bled into worship. And I knew in the pre-service, the pastor, I'd asked, I always ask the question, how much time do you want or need? Right. Because that can kind of make, we'll make sure that we're tailoring our side to, to give you what you need to present the gospel at the end for response time. And he told me, and I knew, and I kept watching the clock and I just knew I, we're, this is worship. Mm-hmm. This guy talked all the way through worship and that's okay. You know, maybe, I don't know, I don't want to judge him, but 
In your mind, you're like, dude, you're (laughs) bleeding. It was a decision that had to be made. So we literally got up there. We did one song, extended the end. I prayed and sent it to the next thing. Yeah. Um, And that wasn't because I asked. I just, I knew what the pastor had asked for. Mm -hmm. And I knew that too. We were honoring because that's how we work within the church, right? And I have served at that church every single year since that time. And he always tells the story that one time they drove all night and cut their time by a fourth because they wanted to honor the mission of the house. So that's not like elevating myself. That's to say the more you are, are honoring and pushing things forward and stewarding the times that you get well, the more not opportunity, just opportunity you get, but honestly, just the more ways you get to serve. And we can't look at that as an opportunity. I think that's part of an unhealthy culture. If it's always an opportunity, then you're always going to want more, 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 right. more. Things got to be greater and elevated. I think if you're just wanting to serve and be a part of the same thing, and you're just doing what you know that God's asked you to do, mm-hmm. I think that's where um, you can help even shift culture when you're not the leader. Well, you want to be trusted, you know, yeah. you, you want to be trusted. Yeah. First and foremost, I will always do this. Take it back to God. I mean, I want God to trust me yep. with what he's given me and to steward it well. And, and I mess up, you know, like we all, yep. we all mess up a good bit and, and, yep. but we just get right back up and we keep going and we say, Lord, you know, I want you to trust me. So to gain like that, to add help to the team, mm-hmm. all you can do really is be responsible for you. Mm-hmm. and your actions and your attitude that is what you are called to steward mm-hmm. <laughs> is yourself yep. first and then just by who you are bleeds into the team yep it 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 really does so yep. just remember you you want to be trusted yeah by God and by your leaders and that yep. and you know just by nature that does bring opportunities yes most of the time you know, yes. you don't live for the opportunity. I, I would, I would say that's kind of unhealthy is to live yes. for opportunities, but, but you do live to be pleasing to the Lord. And then when you're pleasing to the Lord, it just bleeds down into, I'm pleasing to my leadership. If your leadership is healthy, then you're going to, you're going to please them. So the last thing to wrap this up, uh, Bethany is, you know, to be that secure leader and to, to lead your team, you really have to you really need to build relationship. I mean, it's really all from relationship. So I don't know if you want to speak to that for just a minute or two, and then we'll wrap up. Yeah, for sure. I think um, just a way too that you can build a better team is you listen. Oh, that's good. Um, You listen to them, listen to what's happening, listen to uh, the the bad and the good. Mm -hmm. Um, You encourage your team like always be their greatest cheerleader, always be, um, be willing to, and encouragement is not even just a word. It's a doing, Mm -hmm. if they're all picking something up, go pick something up with them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that in itself is an encouragement to know that we're all in this together. Um, and then empowering your team to say, Hey, I see what I see what you're doing. I see this in you. And I'm asking you to run. Um, in that direction with the mission of what we've got ahead of us. So like listening, encouraging, empowering, 
to me, that creates incredible leadership. Nehemiah is a great biblical example of that. Like he heard what was happening with his people. He was devastated. He, he got the bravery he needed to go before the king. The king saw that he should actually go. Yes, go be a leader. Yeah. Go help. And he encouraged the people the entire time and then empowered them to do the work. Mm-hmm. He didn't just stand there. He was constantly looking and shifting and having conversation and protecting as a leader um, and showing wise counsel and wise decisions. So I, I think he's an incredible biblical example of leadership if you're kind of wondering. But I think those to me are great ways to build your team and encourage your team in that endeavor of healthy culture. Yeah. Well, before we go, you and I had talked about uh, a resource, you know, that we could maybe share with them. And what was the book called that, that would be good for leaders to, I mean, really is good for your whole team to read. Is it the five? What is it? We did. uh, We've done as a team, the five worship team killers. I think it's Todd Agnew, but he also, I think has a brother. And sometimes I get him confused. (laughs) <laughs> but I think it is red. Time. The book is red. Uh, the book is red. Um, it's a great book. Um, How to Worship a King is my favorite. Zach Neese. Uh, book about worship. Zach Neese. Um, he's just an incredible worship pastor at Gateway Church and just loves the Lord. And you can just tell it because it's all over that book. And even if you're not looking to help your culture to learn, know, and grow more in your worship. Um, it's a really great book. And I'll wrap it so, up with, there's uh, your four books. Oh, well, here's one more. This, this is the Mac, the John, the Maxwell leadership Bible has, yes. I have grown in leadership over the last four years from reading this Bible. Cause he adds so many little inserts, you know, he brings out That's the Bible cool. stories and like how Nehemiah was a great leader. Uh, it talks about team culture in here. Uh, so I, there's there's a Bible, the, the Maxwell Leadership Bible. So there's you some resources. We'll put those below. Um, yes. Put them in the, the description. So thanks for listening. Bethany, thank you for letting me interview you. It was so fun. <laughs> thanks for letting me just talk. <laughs> just talk. She has more to say too, guys. More to say. She's full of wisdom. And, uh, <laughs> she's full of wisdom and we love her. I love her. I'm so thankful for friendship. And we're so thankful that we get to do this together. And we're so thankful that God has entrusted us. So. Um, anyway, guys, we love you. Thank you for joining us and we will see you next time. See ya. Well, friends, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the women in worship podcast. The endeavor of team culture is really honestly something we're probably going to continue to always strive for. And in Christ, we can do all things, right? So know this, if there's anything that we can do for you or any way we can be praying for you and your team culture, please let us know. The resources that were mentioned there towards the end are now officially in the show notes. So you can check those out and know this, we need you to like and subscribe to the podcast. Why? Just so other people can hear about it but also so that we can know how we can best resource you here at Women in Worship. So be sure to do that for us, share it with your friends, and we can't wait to see you next time here at the Women in Worship podcast.